0: Well, I want to welcome everybody to uh, Northside Christian Church and our ninth annual Night of Remembrance. Um, we would love to be with you in person, but uh, the second best thing is to be talking to you right now. And I'm joined by uh, Jennifer Davis, a licensed clinical counselor, and uh, Tommy Emery, our um, one of our care pastors here. And my name is Tom Gilbert. I'm one of the pastors on staff as well. Um, and we are just wanting to uh, be a community tonight to mourn together. Uh, to come together, to um, raise our voices and our hearts, um, but also to celebrate the lives uh, that we've come here to talk about tonight. And um, one of the things we talked about as a a group prior to taping this evening is uh, that there's a lot of tension, that, that we know some of you are joining us and maybe the loss is very fresh in your life. And right now it's all you can do to even tune in and be a part of this. And for some of you, um, you've, you've been to a counselor, you've, you've worked through heavy emotions with family, and uh, maybe in some ways this feels like rehashing things you don't want to rehash. However you're here, wherever you're here, uh, know that uh, Jesus is with you, that we're with you, that we want to uh, hopefully offer something that's going to help uh, through your healing and your transition. And uh, so if you would, please join me in prayer and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, um, we come to you with both heavy hearts and at the same time a joy in our step and our spirit. Lord, we're so grateful to be a part of Northside Christian Church and a family that um, makes a point of coming together every year to mourn those we've lost. Lord, and and that loss is real. Uh, That loss is for us now. Um, Lord, we know we have the joy and the hope of heaven. Um, But Lord, we're reminded that Jesus wept when his friend Lazarus uh, passed away. And Jesus understands more than we do, God, that uh, there's a a joy and an eternity. Uh, And yet for us now, uh, it's so important that we address our grief, our mourning, um, but also our fond memories and the good times that we had with our loved ones. God, we need you to be able to do that. It's not something that we can do on our own without you. Lord, we have... um, Uh, folks like Jen who have made their life out of helping people and we're so grateful to have her be a part of our panel and Tommy who I'm uh, so blessed to serve with and to see his heart for folks and um, just the way that he comes around families when they're grieving and so maybe some of you the people watching tonight Lord have encountered one or both of them and uh, myself as well Uh, Lord we're we are just uh, asking for you to speak through us, to speak to the hearts and minds out there this evening. Um, Lord, it's my honor to, uh, to be here and to facilitate. Uh, help me to uh, just to facilitate good conversation, uh, to keep us uh, um, uh, on the track tonight that you want us on, Lord. Uh, we thank you for all the behind-the-scenes folks helping us to, to record and to film tonight. Um, all the work that's gone into this, Lord. We just ask that you would bless everybody that is uh, participating in any way this evening. We say these things in Jesus' name, amen. And I know, Tommy, you were gonna open us up this evening uh, and talk a little bit more about um, how for Night of Remembrance, we really want uh, to mourn with people, to, to figuratively and maybe literally put our arms around folks but also to talk about what it is to celebrate the lives of those that have been lost. So I'm going to put my mask on and listen to you for a little bit.
1: Absolutely, and and thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, uh, I, I know that there's um, a, a lot of pain in the room, and, and there's a lot of uh, healing that still needs to be done. But but we are uh, we are with you. We are here to serve you. Uh, we are here to point you to Jesus, and that, that's exactly what we want to do tonight. And so. Um, you know as we do this we want to celebrate and, and we know this is not a you know this is not to, to have a second funeral we, 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 we want to celebrate and we want to talk about your 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 loved one we want to talk about comfort and hope and and some tangible solutions that, that you can take away and and uh, and so I'm really glad you guys can join us um, oftentimes when I'm talking to families I, I do a lot of funerals memorials uh, uh, events like this and often I'm talking to families they, they talk about you know um, you know, you know, the, the the logistics of the event and, and things like that. And and I, I wanna help remind them that, that we're gonna make this event as beautiful and wonderful as we can. But as much as we want to make it beautiful, we also want to make it biblical. And so that that that's what I hope we can do tonight, that we can base all of our um, this evening on a biblical foundation. And so, uh, as we do that, for, for me, for my talking points, uh, uh, you know, for anybody who's wondering, like my format, how I do things, I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the situations. Uh, but I want to focus, you know, so I want to, I because I know people are coming here with hurt, and I, I don't want to uh, forget that. But I also want to make sure we spend a tremendous amount of time on hope and talk about how we're going to have and how we can get hope and where we can find hope. So uh, the first thing I always talk to families about, oh, I shouldn't say first thing, always, but many times is I turn to Ecclesiastes. It's a wonderful book. There's just so much wisdom in there. And uh, uh, one of my, my favorite verses is 7, 1 through 4. And I'm just going to briefly read that. Uh, if you have a Bible, uh, I encourage you to, to pull it out and follow along. So uh, 7, 1 through 4, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of the morning into the house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of the mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. And so, what Scripture's saying here is that it's uh, there, there, there's something you get in a funeral that you don't get at a party. Uh, it's, it's a recalibrating event. And our lead pastor Nate Ross he talked about this idea a few weeks ago. Uh, you know that. Uh, Throughout our lives, we're, we're oriented on many different things in many different seasons. But there's moments like this in, in, a, in a loss where we can become disoriented and wonder which side is up. And, and Jesus in that moment is saying, I, I, I want you to reorient on me. I want you to reorient on, on my uh, solution. I, I want you to re, reorient on my truth. And, uh, and, and, we, and we acknowledge that there's a lot of pain. We kind of briefly talked about that earlier. Some of you have lost a mother, a father, uh, a son, uh, a, a daughter, a um, uh, a, a parent, uh, a husband, a wife, um, and, and and there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of grief. Uh, that pain is real, and it and it really hits deep. And uh, so we, we, we just want to let you know that we are we are prepared to meet you right where you are, and and better than that, Christ is ready to meet you right where you are. And uh, and so as we kick off this night, grief, uh, it is real. It's normal. Uh, it hits people in different ways. Uh, it comes in waves. Sometimes the waves are tall and they're and they're close together. Sometimes they're they're shallow and they're far apart. Uh, but the the key thing is is when you're going through grief, just take the time that you need, and, and, and find healthy steps. And so, um, as we as we take this moment to celebrate your loved one and uh, and, and to do that well, I'm reminded uh, in Philippians four eight through nine, and I won't read the whole thing, but it, but basically what the gist is is uh, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, ho- lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. Think about these things. And, and so th- there's a lot of wonderful things. I mean, as we read in James 1 through 7, every good gift and perfect gift is from above, uh, coming down from the Father of lights. And so th- there's a lot of wonderful memories. There, there's, a, you know, you had a, a wonderful wife, a wonderful husband. Uh, maybe they were always positive. You know, maybe you had a great father, a mother, a child. Uh, you know, they, they had good, um, uh, good memories. And, and oftentimes when, I, when I'm uh, uh, helping families, you know, through this season, uh, there, there's often a lot of humor. And, and, and that's wonderful praise God uh, but there's also a lot of tender moments and so we you know we want to focus on those but what we also recognize that that can be painful but the hope so that so that was the hurt but let's talk about the hope and so the hope is you know when it, when, we're, when we're thinking about our loved one uh, the first thing we can find hope in is their faith and knowing that they are face to faith face to face now uh, and, and and you can be encouraged by their faith and in the power of that and, and having peace knowing that they are with God for eternity. Uh, the other thing you can uh, uh, find hope in is to know that God's, you know is, is God's love and knowing that He is here now uh, and, and we can give our pain to Him. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later on tonight. Uh, but one thing we, we routinely talk about in care ministry is that we never get over a loss, um, but with Christ, in Christ alone, we can get through it. And, and it's during these moments that you know maybe you're not you know, you know maybe we have people uh, who are not struggling with grief, but I can assure you that everyone at some point at some level is going to encounter grief, and we just want to be here to to say we're here to serve you, and uh, and better than that you have a wonderful Father in heaven who wants to serve you. And so uh, a, a real quick reference is uh, w- one of my favorite passages is Psalms 46, and when we look in Psalm 46, I, I'm not going to read the whole thing uh, all, all 11 of these verses here, but I just want to kind of take some highlights, and that is. You know, it, it kicks off. God is our refuge and our strength, a very uh, present help in trouble. And then twice, uh, it says, not only just once, but twice it says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And lastly, one of the things that Tom and I, we talk about a lot in care ministry, is to be still and know that, um, that God is God. You know, be still and know that I am God is, is what we read there. And so uh, I, I would encourage you, you know, uh, as we're thinking about cele- you know celebration and, and 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 our loved ones, think about how you've been blessed and, and be thankful for that. Uh, you know, there, there's many things to be thankful for, and I know that it's hard to get to that point, and maybe you're not there yet, and uh, and we're going to talk a little about that later too. Um, but but there there are blessings, and we we want to point to that. You know, there, there there's Christ. You know, Christ came to die for you. Uh, you have family. You have a church family. You have friends, uh, and God is desperately seeking to uh, to, to, to help you in that moment. E- even though he may seem distant uh, during his time, he's here, he's now, uh, he is with you. And it doesn't matter your history, your age, your ethnicity, your gender, uh, Jesus came for everybody. And, and he was even insulted and judged by the Pharisees of his time for hanging out with, with folks like you and I, the sinners, the people uh, who were on the, the fringe of society, the, the afflicted, and, uh, and, but, but Jesus came for everybody. And he came to, to give us rest. And we see that clearly in Matthew 11. And, and, and maybe your, your story is you don't know Jesus right now. I, I want to tell you that, that Jesus, you know, maybe you, you haven't put your trust in him. But he desperately wants to, to know you. And he des- or he knows you. He he desperately wants you to know him, excuse me. And we and we see that in Luke 15, where it talks about the shepherd and the hundred sheep, and, and one of the sheep runs off and the shepherd leaves the 99 and he finds the sheep and he comes back and he celebrates. And that, that that's what happens when, when one person comes to Christ is what Jesus tells us. And so I just want to encourage you with that. You know, the memories you have are wonderful. I want to encourage you to, you know, to enjoy those and 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 keep those close because all good things are from God. Uh, God will help you uh, in these moments. God is going to help you uh, uh, get through this. Uh, only God can help you get through this. And, uh, and, and we're going to briefly talk about a few things again tonight. Uh, and, uh, but bottom line is um, I want to encourage you to, to find hope and peace and celebrate what God has done in, in and through your, your loved one, what God is doing in and through you now. And, and the, lastly, know that, that God, in the midst of a world that can seem so unstable, whether it be the holidays, whether maybe you just lost your loved one. God, George Ross, our teaching pastor, remind us that God is that great stabilizer and and you can can trust in him.
0: Thank you so much, Tommy. I think what really stands out for me, what you said, and uh, as a transition to Jen here is uh, that God is here with us, that he's in this with us. And as I was thinking about that, I think that can be some of the greatest uh, comfort But maybe one of the biggest struggles, too, that um, uh, maybe I'm not feeling that right now. Maybe I'm not at a place of hope. Maybe I'm not even at a place where I can bear a positive thought. And so maybe I'm struggling with that idea of if God's here, why did that happen? Why am I in this place that I'm in? Why do I feel the way I do? And before I know uh, Jen's going to talk here, I just want to say that we have appreciated so much at Northside partnering with you have looked so forward to you being a part of this event and so glad you're here with us. So talk about that a little bit, that idea that I may not be in that place where I can celebrate or hope right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I first um, just want to say I'm humbled to be here and appreciate you guys inviting me and welcoming into this process and this ministry. Um, you know, it's it's an honor uh, to be able to bear witness and walk alongside when someone is grieving, and uh, to do that humbly and to recognize as a clinician, though I have experience and education, um, no one can really um, know what you're going through except you. And one thing I do know is that it takes courage to to just come here and to be a part of this tonight, um, even virtually. Um, and to just open yourself up to the emotions that come um, with remembering, and remembering the, um, your loved one and the people that you've lost um, over this year. It takes a lot of courage to step into that, and I just wanna be mindful of that and note that. Um, and like we had talked about earlier like Tom had mentioned, um, one of the words when I was thinking through what what to say and how to to engage you all is um, the the word tension came to mind and how we often just as you know as as people in this world as believers in this world live in places of tension um, but particularly when we're walking through through grief there's a lot of tension um, like Tom said the tension of Uh, unanswered questions or things that we know to be true about God or what we have believed about God but we're not feeling it maybe in this in this moment or we're having questions or we're having doubts Um, that creates a a real tension Um, another word that came to it that you'll be hearing me me talk about and say a lot is the word intention Um, in the tension of life in the tension of grief and on your grief journey there'll be opportunities to to make decisions, um, choosing to, you know, what I talk about when I work with people are to engage in the wins, like ways that you can um, step into places of healing and step towards Christ um, and step towards His promises. For some of you, where grief is is more recent and more acute, maybe the win is just getting out of bed today. Um, maybe the win is just taking a shower. Um, But for others, um, you're further along in the journey. And so it's going to be a different type of win. It's going to look differently. Um, Speaking of tension, that was one of the tensions for me coming here tonight um, and talking to you all was recognizing that and and being aware that everybody is on a different place with grief and in a different journey. And some of the things that we say tonight are going to resonate with you and are really going to fit with where you are in the process, and some things we say and talk about may seem further out for you, um, that, that it's more of a stretch for you to, uh, to hope or to even be comforted whether it's by other people or by God, and um, we just want you to know that we're going to hold that for you, that we're going to hold hope for you because we know it's there and we know it's there in the the person of Jesus and and what Christ has done for you and how he walks alongside of all of us through all our times of suffering and pain, and particularly for all of you here in um, this season of grief for you. Um, But though you may not feel the truth of hope, that there is hope, we are gonna hold space for that for you. Um, And so another thing that um, you're gonna hear me talk about tonight as well is, mindfulness and a mindful practice and that's where I was mentioning earlier in times of tension we have opportunities to make intentional choices and from a clinical perspective that's that's called mindfulness it's paying attention to um, the choices that are in front of us and being intentional and making deliberate choices. and then finally, another word that is a part of um, what I wanted my part, what I wanted to focus on tonight, um, was lament. And lament is a practice. It's a biblical practice um, that is throughout the Book of Psalms and in the Book of Lamentations. And um, there's a, a book that I recently read by a man named Mark uh, Roigop um, that that speaks on lament and the steps of lament and the process. Um, that ultimately leads to hope in Christ and, and it's something that is intentional and it's a practice and it's when it's done over time and repetitively those things get reinforced. And so it's a strategy that can be used as um, a way to move through grief and of course at your pace and everybody's pace is, differently, um, is different and so just wanting to be mindful of that as well
0: good um, I, I kind of what I pick up on from that is the in, the idea of an intentional choice um, and maybe before we we kind of move on to Tommy again I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, and maybe I'm I'm learning something tonight too I want to know how much of healing itself is an intentional choice um, you talked a little bit about that tension of maybe for me today just getting a shower is difficult. And I think there are a lot of people listening that can probably, even if they're not there right now, can relate to when they were there. How, how, am I, how do I intentionally make that choice to heal when I'm in that place where it feels difficult to even get a, a shower or to get out of bed or to make myself a meal? Um, could you talk a little bit about that?
2: Well, I think just even making the choice to um, watch this recording tonight is one of those ways um, where healing is happening. Um, in the choice, you're stepping towards healing and opening yourself up to what God is wanting to talk to you about or what He's wanting to tell you. Um, it's it's hard, and we can't do it alone. I think that's part of um, the process is being in Community and being in fellowship when you're going through grief, you know, grief is uh, an isolating experience, as is, and and particularly in a pandemic, it's even more isolating. And I think that's something to to note as well. Um, there is a clinician named David Kessler who is an expert on grief, a world-renowned expert on grief, and he um, lists six needs of people that are going through grief. And the very first one is community and having community around you that can um, can be a reminder to you to, and an encourager to you and, and to give promptings um, and at your own pace to, to step into those places of just being able to move forward and encouraging you in the process. So I think definitely being in community is part of, um taking those healing steps that's great
0: That's great. i know tommy and i and, and i'll give tommy credit i think he talks about this more than i do but just as a church in general we community is so important to us and something that we really encourage people life groups support groups uh, bible studies these kinds of things um uh, at the same time i'm thinking uh you know looking at my notes here in transition and tommy you know we we know that ultimately God is the great comforter, and kind of bridging bridging the idea that Jenda shared with us that that healing is an intentional choice. Maybe accepting comfort is also an intentional choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're going to unpack that for us, so I I'll yeah. turn it over to you.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, and and um, we're we're going to you know talk a little bit about different uh, healing options and 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 takeaways and tangible things, uh, solutions. Uh, and, and as we do that, one, one, of, the, one of the things that, uh, as I was prepping for this, uh, uh, I, I, I really, uh, when, I, when I hear certain songs or, or even just like certain types of Christian songs, uh, it, it just points me right back to God and, 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 and realize how much I need God. And so one, one of my, my favorite songs, uh, Hillsong, um, uh, it's, it's a group, they have a song called Cornerstone. And I just want to read this chorus real quick. Uh, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. And so just understand that, that, that there are storms, and there are, there are moments uh, where there's mourning. Uh, you know, w- one, of the, 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 uh, one of the key places you can look in, in, in Scripture is in the Old Testament, in the book of Job. Uh, Job had a lot of mourning, and, and, and there's going to be times where we have mourning. Uh, if, if we don't have it now, we, we, we will have it, or we have had it. Um, you know, th- there's, there's times where we're going to you know, lose our health, or we're going to lose our family. Uh, and, and Job lost that. Job lost his health, lost his family. Uh, there's also going to be times where, um, you know, folks are going to be trying to speak into us. You know, the, we have social media. We have, we have the media. We have Hollywood. Uh, we have, you know, billboards uh, and, and et cetera speaking into us. Uh, and, and in Job's case, he had some friends and he had a wife. And um, in that situation, it was not good. And so there's going to be times where there's going to be not good uh, advice coming your way. And so uh, and, and, and that can be frustrating because, you know, the, it's for lack of better words, it's almost like an empty promise. Like it's it looks good and it sounds good, but it, it doesn't really get at the root of what you need. And so the, the root of what you need is God. And, you know, we, we were actually reading as a staff this week, and I'll talk about it in a second. But uh, and we were reminded by our, our lead pastor that, that God is the uh, is where all comfort comes from. And so uh, and, and Job sees that. Job's Job saw that uh you know jesus is our cornerstone and when you think about cornerstone uh you know and and the importance of a cornerstone when it comes to like construction and building and how foundational it is you know that 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 is what christ is like that is our firm foundation that that's what keeps us together and uh you know job uh, in, in the book of job uh, he he was able to find rest and he was able to to trust uh, god's wisdom uh, even though the, the wisdom didn't make sense to him um you know, also during this moment, too, as we find comfort, like we're going to be tempted. Uh, the, the, uh, not not um, all the time, but there will be moments where we'll be tempted to, to have thoughts. Maybe we need to captivate them. Or there's going to be uh, opportunities where it's like, I really feel like I want to say something. And, and and Job, he saw the same thing. He was able to, to, to keep his tongue uh, in the midst of all this. And, uh, and, and God wants to say, look, I, I, I want to come alongside you. I, I want to show you the better way. I want to show you the way that it's not an empty promise. And so we're just reminded of that. Uh, you know, you, you, can, you can trust in God. Uh, you can trust in His Word. You can trust Christ. Uh, it, it is for your good and His glory. And, and despite, you know, all the things that may be uh, coming at us from the world or other places, you know, in the midst of that, you know, Job, uh, I, I love this phrase. And it's just, you know, <laughs> reading the book of Job and understanding, like, everything that, uh, that happened, you know, he, he, he uh, towards the end of the, uh, the book, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And it's like, wow, like, you know, and and maybe you're not there yet, you know, but I can promise you that that, that God is here. God is now. And he's coming uh, to help bring you that comfort and to give you strength and give you that peace that can only be found, truly found in Christ. And so. uh, one thing I want to briefly talk about is if you registered, um, uh, one of the, the free gifts we, we have for you is this book right here. And uh, it's, uh, it's it's going to help you uh, identify some of the stages of grief. And uh, it, it's a really good, very short read. Uh, you can literally just throw in your purse or your pocket, whatever. And, and we just want to get that to you. Uh, if you didn't register, uh, please reach out to us. And, and we want to get this to you. It's just a, it's just a free gift. We want to say we love you and we want to equip you. And it's just an easy way we can do that. And it's uh, just a, a, f- a few uh, short pages and it's a really good book. On, uh, on on, grief, um, because there is so much wisdom in God's Word. And, and, and in this book, the, the, it's just an example of, of applying that wisdom uh, in the context of grief. And sometimes it, it's hard to understand, you know, going back to Job, it's hard to understand, like, these different phases and, and these different moments where we're going through grief, and it's like, why is this happening? There's there, there so many losses, uh, you know, and, and, and if not every loss, we're, we're the question comes up, why did this happen? This person was so young or, or maybe the person wasn't young, but it's like this person was, was, was on fire for God. And, and, and just in, furthering the kingdom, why did this, how did, you know, like, and so, uh, just, we, we're going to find our rest. We're going to find our comfort knowing that everything happens for our good and God's glory and he has a wonderful plan and, and, and it's, it's hard to see that. It's hard to see that early on, it's hard to see that uh, you know, even on, on you know, uh, where we are now. Uh, but to understand that his uh, wisdom is so much uh, uh, more perfect and wonderful than ours and, and as finite human beings it's just hard to, to really capture that wisdom. Um, so a couple ways as far as like I want to talk about. So we talked a little about the hurt and, and the and the hope, but I want to talk about some tangible ways. Uh, just uh, real briefly, as uh, as we start talking about some some good takeaways. So one is as a care team, we we really um, as, as as our go-to verse. Uh, overall for all care ministry is Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to read some key takeaways. Uh, one is bring good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, opening uh, of the prison to those who are bound, and comfort all that mourn. And, and so to do that well, we, we have a few things in place that maybe you know about and maybe you don't. So I hope that this uh, gives you some tools. Uh, one is our POC. We have someone on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Christmas is coming up. If you call our off, if you call the church on Christmas morning, there will be somebody who is willing and able to talk with you, listen to you, encourage you, and ultimately, and, and best of all, pray with you and to, to point you to Jesus. Um, we have small groups. We, we, have, we have support groups. Uh, every Monday night, uh, we have a, a, a group called Celebrate Recovery, where anybody with a hurt, habit, or hang-up is welcome, and, and we want to invite you, and we want to say that you are welcome here. Uh, we also have a couple times a year, we have a, 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 a program called Grief Share. It's a really wonderful program, and I would encourage you to check it out and prayerfully consider it. Uh, uh, And then lastly, we also have um, pastoral counseling on staff. And, uh, and, and we do offer counseling sessions. And then we also have partners like Jen uh, who, who do uh, cl- from a clini- clinician side, a clinical side, and, and, and she can, and she can uh, help you uh, with longer term counseling. And, and and there's just so much goodness and and, and, and healing and just uh, just blessings with, with our, our, our partners and our clinicians uh, that we work with. So uh, I just wanna throw those out there. May, maybe those are some things that you haven't considered. Maybe you didn't know we had those available, but I, I just wanna uh, uh, throw those out there and just let you know that if you have any questions we would love to have the conversation with you you know and, and help you navigate uh, through that uh, the last thing I want to challenge you to with is uh, depending on where you're at in your season of grief you know, maybe there's a long-term plan that God has for you maybe you just can't see it yet uh, Again going back to this idea of God's wisdom is so much uh, uh, so much stronger and so much more perfect than our finite, uh, selves as humans. And so maybe his long-term plan is uh, to put it in, in the words of our uh, uh, our leadership here at churches. Maybe he's planning to help you take this pain and turn it into your purpose. Maybe you've gone through grief share a couple times and you're saying, you know what, I'm ready to help people uh, point them to Jesus. It doesn't mean you don't have grief. It doesn't mean that uh, that you don't still have those memories and that you don't still have those waves we talked about. But it means that, that you, you're you you're in a position now uh, equipped by God, by God's power and, and by God's wisdom to help other people and to lead other people through that. And so maybe that's what God's calling you to do. You know, that, that, that verse we talked about as a staff, uh, there, there's so much goodness in that. And, and this can apply to you as, as someone who's going through grief or maybe someone who's helping somebody go through grief. And that's uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5, Uh, reading from the ESV. uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, God of all comfort, all comfort, uh, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are uh, in any affliction, any affliction, not just a affliction, not just one, any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by god i mean that's just a wonderful version we can definitely camp out there all night but it's kind of outside the scope of what we're doing here but i, I just want to conclude this point by saying uh god has wonderful and wild and perfect ways to help you heal and and, and it's and it, it starts with connecting with christ it, it starts with putting your hope and being deliberate and intentional and connecting with christ and saying god you're in charge i'm going to follow your way i want to become more christ-like um, and so uh, that that that's the way he helps us, um, uh, uh, with, you know, get comfort, receive comfort, find hope. Uh, but that also helps us help others. And uh, so yeah, connect with Christ.
0: Wow, uh, that was a lot of good stuff. I'm so appreciate you unpacking kind of what we offer here at Northside and, and pointing out again that we love to have good partners like Jen. I was also thinking that. Um, if the folks at home haven't felt it or seen it yet, and, and something we talked about uh, prior to, to coming on tonight is that even our, our, our talk tonight kind of has this ebb and flow of tension, that word that, that Jen kind of gave us as our maybe our overriding theme through this evening. And I'm thinking all those things that you offered, Tommy, are so great and so good and all have, are great tools to, to step in, to make those intentional choices, to heal. But what if I'm in a place where I'm having trouble trusting? Something we talked about this week in our podcast was that grace and power, that they come grace and power. But a lot of times to accept that healing grace in our life, there's a need for trust. And I don't want to steal your thunder too much, Jen, but I love you reminded us during dinner that lament, lamenting means to uh, almost like a complaint, like a like a sadder and angry or just an emotional, a strong emotion, a complaint. So talk to us a little bit about how, how do I move through my lament? How do I trust? How do I allow that grace in? so that I can really utilize the things that Tommy was talking about. I think I really appreciate the way you both have. your. your I think a lot of your thoughts and your points have really come together really well. And this is another one I think that will really help folks. How do I move through that so I can utilize the things that we've been talking about?
2: Yeah. Um, well, the the idea of trust, I mean, it's... One of the things that I always talk about in counseling is how, um, you know, what we practice is what gets reinforced, and that includes trust. And trust is a practice, and one way to do that, like we've been talking about, and in in, in Mark uh, Mark's book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy is he talks about the practice of lament that ultimately leads to trust and then a hope in God's plan and God's purposes. And like you said, the first step in our grief is really turning towards God. And it's the first step in lament is recognizing that God is there and that God is present. And even in our questions of of doubt and frustration, we're still turning to God because we're recognizing that He's there that he has a hand in our life and in this world, and that he is sovereign over all things, and so we can pour out to him those questions, those hard questions of doubt, and what what Mark says in the in the book, um, complaints. And uh, speaking of tension, that word can even create tension. You know, to think, you know, how can we. Complain to the God of the universe. It makes me think of what God says to Job in the Book of Job. He's like, "Who are you to question? Mm-hmm. You know, I created the world and everything in it." Um, but I, I don't, I don't look at that and interpret that as God saying, "Don't come to me with your questions. Don't come to me with your doubts. Don't come to me in an, in, um, from a place of authenticity and honesty." Um, I think for Job, that was Job's wake-up call, his aha moment of, yeah, that's right. God, God did create everything, and I need to remember that, and, and us too. Um, but I think, um, you know, God comes to us in, in sometimes really poignant, abrupt ways, but he also comes to us in tender ways too. And, and through lament and, and through offering our um, complaint, he wants to hear that, in fact, um, you know, through Scripture, through the book of Psalm, of course, and as David pours out his heart, and in the book of Lamentations, where uh, Jeremiah is, um, Prophet Jeremiah is lamenting the fall of Jerusalem. That's sort of our model of lament, and the practice of lament, and the steps to lament. And so Mark identifies three steps of lament um, that we can practice that will help. Um, bridge us to this place of trust and, and hope. Um, and the first step, like I said, is just turning towards God. Um, in Psalm 10, uh, David says, "'Why, Lord, do you stand so far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble?' And there, there are people listening now that feel that way, that, where is God? You know, w- please show up. Why did you allow this to happen? I'm hurting and I'm in pain. Can you relieve this suffering somehow?' And God, He wants to hear that, and that's an important part of the process. You know, to move through grief, we have to feel it. Um, we don't, we don't want to squelch that in any way. And like I said earlier, people move through grief and at different paces and in different ways, depending on your life experiences and what you, what you bring um, to your relationship with the Lord before the grief um, occurred and before the loss occurred. Um, so there, so there are different reasons why we all grieve differently, but all of them are are normal. There is no one right way to grieve, right? Um, and so God says to to bring me your complaints and these expressions of sorrow and fear and frustration and confusion. Um, and you know, but Mark says to in in lamenting, we don't stop there, and sometimes we do. We, we stop in a place of complaint and frustration. And this is where this, a mindful intent and a mindful prac- practice is to remember to move beyond the complaint and, and to, to ask boldly for what you need from God. Um, in Psalm 22, it starts with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me and so far from my, angu- my anguish? Um, My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Confidently calling on God to act in accordance with his character is how, we, is how lament moves us from these why questions and these complaints to the who of God is and his character. And, um, and it goes on in, in Psalm 22 to say, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One, You are the one Israel praises and in our ancestors they put their trust and they trusted you and you delivered them. Um, To you they cried out and were saved and in you they trusted and were not put to shame. Yet That word yet is the bridge that moves people from the the turning to God and the asking boldly to recognizing and, and being reminded of who God is and that, again, it's an intentional practice. We need to be intentional about remembering that God is faithful and that He, um, he acts according to His character that we read in, in His Word and that He keeps His promises and that He never leaves or forsakes us. Some of those things can, in our grief, can be overshadowed. Some of those truths and those, those things that we believe can be overshadowed by pain. And when we set an intent to move through our grief with those kind of steps and, and with lament, we can get to that bridge of trusting in God and, and hoping again ultimately. Um, step three that Mark points out in his book is choosing to trust. Um, he says that suffering can lead to trust and lament is the language for this transition. Songs of sorrow are meant to move us from complaint to confidence in God. And we must keep entering into lament over and over again so that it can lead us to trust. It's not a one-time lament. It's not a one-time complaint or a one-time ask. But it's a repetition of being honest before God and bringing all that's in you authentically out and pouring it out to God. and. In um, in lamentation and um, allowing then the those promises that get reinforced and the recognition of his character to um, to be a practice for you and the things that we hold in our awareness and the things that we practice get reinforced they become the habit we don't form new habits and and grief and is is form how we handle grief is about forming new habits around our pain and suffering and and so um, to create new habits they have to be practice and so looking at this idea of lament as a practice and holding an intention for that is is really important. Um, it's really, trust is active patience, you know? Trust <laughs> takes time um, and to, to be patient in the process, um, but hold true that it will come, and that's where community that comes alongside and said, like I said earlier, you may not be at that place of hope or that, that place of, of trust, but we will hold that truth for you um, because you will get there. We're, we're wired to move through grief and to move back into this place of trust, really kind of organically too, like God created us to grieve. Um, he created us to lament and, and to heal from, from hard things and from painful things. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I hear in that a lot of um, the importance of knowing, I think you said this outright, but of knowing God's character and that if I'm, if I'm going to move intentionally through healing, if I'm going to make the choice to, to walk through my lament, um, uh, that I really do have to know God and know his character and and I like that idea of sort of actively I'll call it actively waiting you called the trust I just like that idea Um, I know that there are some folks struggling and and um, maybe they're stuck Uh, and and Tommy I'm going to ask you to talk about this a little bit Um, and I don't want to give away anything that you're going to say but just that we've had the opportunity to come alongside one of our other ministries and partner with them because there are times with certain loss, certain age groups, certain things, where it feels not only like we're alone in our grief, but almost like it didn't matter. Or um, I, I'm, I'm kind of searching for my words here, but just yeah. just that uh, I, I want to trust God, I know His character, but I don't understand this level or this kind of loss. And so again, I don't want to use the wording because I don't want to take it away from you, but talk a little bit about, I will say that it was um, our children's ministry that kind of reached out to us and talk a little bit about, um, we know all loss is loss, but we know even as a society, there are certain losses that sort of pain us all. And, and I know that you wanted to make sure to talk about this. So I'm being a little bit sort of couched with this, but I want to give you the opportunity to talk about it.
1: Um, yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to partner with our children's ministry team and, and their staff uh, on this and uh, just to bring attention to it. And there was a, something that they started a while back uh, uh, called Made Known. And, and, and the, the emphasis of Made Known is, is to, to bring attention and to bring focus um, uh, on, on, on uh, when... Uh, either uh, there's a miscarriage situation or or SIDS, uh, you know with with a, a, a very young child. Um, and so we we had a chance uh, just like Tom said, to partner with the uh, children's ministry. and um, you know I, I just want to pause as we're talking about this
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and let you know that that we see you. we see you mm-hmm. and and more importantly, God sees you, and you are loved. we are here to help. This is a safe place. Um, you know, maybe Northside is not your home. Um, you know, may, maybe you need to find a Christ-centered home. We, we would love to just help you serve, to serve you in that capacity. Uh, but I just want to let you know this is a safe place and that you're known. And um, and God knows the pain you're going through right now. God, God knows you better than you know yourself. Um, you know, no death is easy, uh, whether it be you know, natural versus unnatural, or an older person versus a younger person, a peaceful death versus a, a violent death, or uh, expected versus unexpected. Um, no no, no um, loss is, is easy, they're all hard, and, and this one especially so. Um, and so we know that there's questions. Um, we know there's questions about why, or what could I have done, what if I did this? And, and those questions are are, are real. I mean, th- those are real questions you have, and and there, there's a lot of pain behind those questions. Um, there's a lot of pain behind the loss, and we we want to acknowledge that. Um, there there's anger. Um, you know, in, in in some moments there's doubt. You know, wh- where is God in all this? What wh- what is God doing? Wh- where is He? I, I don't I, I don't understand this. You know, kind of going back to what we said before, the question of why, and um but we want to we bring you hope this evening. And we want you to know that God knows the pain you're in right now. He knows you. He knows so much about you. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And He is right there with you. He is, he is right alongside you. And, and it's so challenging, uh, especially in those moments, to focus and to see and to put our attention and to put our trust in something that's unseen. Um, but I want to let you know too, and I'm so thankful that we're, we're talking about it tonight, is the fact that you are not alone. You are not alone. And may, maybe you need to hear that. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to go at this alone. There, there are people here who love you. Uh, there, there, we, have, we have counselors. We have pastors. Uh, we, have, we have clinicians, wonderful clinicians, who would just love to talk and to serve you in those moments. You know, our, our, and, and again, if, if I can say anything, and that is that God sees you. I know our lead pastor was talking about this past weekend. God sees you. He knows you, um, you know. And, and as we look here, uh, you know, as we as we as we point back to Scripture and, and, and look at everything through the lenses of Scripture, uh, which is what we want to do. Um, it's you know, I'm, I'm reminded here, uh, uh, you know, it says, "Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand." Mm-hmm. God is here. God is now. He is with you. He is for you. And he is, he, his plan is, he has a wonderful, beautiful plan for you. And, uh, but we have to be intentional about seeking him out. A couple things we want to talk with families about is that, uh, one, um, do not feel guilty about grieving. Right. Grieving takes time, uh, grieving looks different for everyone, uh, it, 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 it impacts everyone differently. Uh, there's, you know, the, you know, people stay in certain places longer. Uh, people struggle with different things uh, differently. Um, and, uh, but I can tell you, that, you know, that that there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of questions. You know, because we, we know that uh, you know, with parents who, who are navigating this season, you know, they, they, had, they had wonderful plans you know, with, with their children. They, they, had, they had dreams and they had things like that. And, 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 uh, and, and there's just so much pain behind that. And we just want to let you know that it's okay to grieve. And, uh, and this is a safe place to do that. We also want to let you know that, that your son or daughter is with Jesus. And, and Jesus loves children so much. And, and you know, there, there's, there's so much scripture about Christ and, and his love for, for, for children. One of them I just want to read here real quick. Uh, it's from Matthew 18, 1 through 6. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Jesus loves your child. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's multiple places too we can see in Matthew 19, Luke 18, uh, you know where uh, Jesus is like no bring bring the children near, um, and 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 God, and I just want to remind you that that, that God uh, loves your child and 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 God loves you, um, you know God has a, a wonderful plan. What that plan is, I don't know. I mean like you know sometimes we ask why I and mean, we don't know. Uh, but but I can tell you that his you know we we can clearly see in Scripture, uh, we can see Christ you know God with us uh, who loves children and, and, and loves your child. Uh, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and you know, we're reminded for I know the for I know the plans I have for you plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Joshua one six nine, uh, I have not. Uh, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. And, and that means in all moments. Like, you know, uh, you know the, and, and it's, it's hard to, to muster that up sometimes, which is where that community, as we're talking about earlier, is so critical. May, maybe it's a support group. Maybe it's counseling. Uh, you know, maybe you're on the tail end of your grief, and it's your life group who's able to mm-hmm. encourage you during that time. But I just want to let you know that, that you know, as, as we wrap up this point, I, I just want to encourage you by letting you know that God is closer than you know. He is right here. He's omnipresent. It's the same God it was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's not leaving you. Um, I would also encourage you to to, to, to pray and, and make that part of your regular routine. You know, Jen, I, I I love what you were talking about there as far as routines. And, uh, you know, I heard a pastor say one time, talking about this, this idea of prayer. And, and sometimes, you know, if we're being honest and if, if, we're, if we're being open, sometimes um, it, it, it's real easy to turn to God in those moments and, and, and cry out and, and spend so much time and effort. But it's, but God wants more of that. He, he, he wants you to pray, not, not that type of prayer, but He wants to have a more routine prayer life. And, and, and as we're, um, as you're as you're navigating a season, I want to encourage you to turn, to, you know, to to start developing a prayer life. I and mean, it's just very simple. Just tell God what's on your heart. Tell Him, uh, you, know, what, you know what your thoughts are. I, I'm reminded of a situation uh, with my son. Th- this is this is how uh, uh, it was explained to me a long time ago, and I love this analogy. And so uh, God already knows what's going on in your heart. God knows what's going on, but he wants you to tell him. You know, th- there was a situation a few months ago. My, my son, uh, we, we don't have uh, pavement where we live at. We live in a country, and he, he, he tripped and fell on his bike, and his knee was all skinned up. And I saw the whole thing happen, and he came in, and he went straight to the, to the bathroom to start cleaning himself up. I, I, I knew it happened. I knew he was okay, but I, I wanted to be there and comfort him and say, I love you, buddy. Are you okay? How can I help you? You know, I, I wanted to have the conversation whereas he's thinking and oftentimes we think I got this I just need to go get this cleaned up I need to clean the wound I need to put a band-aid on it and be done and God's saying no I, I want you to come to me I, I, want, to, I want to talk about this and uh, so just understand that, uh, that that God desperately wants to have a conversation with you uh, God knows all things and so uh, you know so so if you're a parent out there uh, you know God knows you know how much you wanted to care for and comfort and to guard uh, your child God knows how much you know you just you know the, 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 the love that you have for your child uh, God knows that and, and you are not alone so I just want you to rest in hope uh, and, and, and rest in the comfort to know that, that your son or daughter is with Jesus and that they are loved so very much
0: Thank you tommy and and thank you for um, just just pointing out that I think maybe a lot of us in, in our own way want to feel known and, and we have that struggle of of loss and maybe feeling alone or lonely in that. I was also struck and just wanted to share that um, we've talked a lot this evening about making uh, meaning out of uh, you know basically the word why and why did this happen and you know I'm, I'm reminded that uh, death was never uh, God's original intention for us. I think it's important to say that he walks through it with us. He mourns with us. His heart aches because that wasn't what He intended for us. Um, sin and brokenness, decay and death uh, travel together. And so unfortunately, uh, on this side of heaven, loss is something that's very real and something we have to deal with, but not something that we have to deal with in eternity. And um, thank you for you know, our, our Lord, Jesus Christ, who conquered death for us. Uh, so that we know that it's, it's not uh, a final farewell, uh, that it is a continuation, that there's a, a new life and an eternal life in heaven. and I just felt really moved to share that. I think that um, there is a lot of senseless loss in this world, and we can spend an awful lot of time trying to make sense of it, and it's senseless, it doesn't make sense, and it is hurtful, and it does cause grief, and we have to be real about that and we have to move through it, but it's not what God intends for us. Um, as we're kind of moving into some of our kind of final points, um, I know, I'm hoping, I think, part of the reason a lot of folks have tuned in tonight is for help, for direction, for um, not feeling alone. And, and that's one of the reasons we're so glad that you're here, Jen. And uh, you were talking uh, prior to getting started that you really wanted to give some, some concrete sort of stages of mindfulness, stages of remembering Um, And I just want to give you uh, this time right now to kind of take us through that and talk about what that looks like.
2: Um, Well, when you talk about stages, of course, a lot of times people think of and are reminded of the stages of grief um, by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who wrote um, or kind of defined the five stages of death and dying. And then David Kessler, who I mentioned earlier, who recently um, put out a book about... um, meaning and added a sixth stage to um, the stages of grief. He and Elizabeth Kubler-Ross worked together to write a book on, to move the stages from death and dying to grief and loss, and then um, since then he's put out a book about meaning making which um, added to those five stages, the six stages of making meaning. just to briefly, you know, identify the stages. You know, the first stage uh, being in denial and disbelief. You know, when a shock comes, it's a shock to the system and the body. And to, to fully grasp and, and wrap our minds around that is uh, is you know denial is really a, a way the body protects itself from feeling everything so rapidly and uh, acutely all at once. Um, so there's a stage called denial, then there's a stage called uh, or that's, that's anger, and it's anger of, over the loss that the person that we love is gone. Um, and uh, then the third stage is, um, it's called bargaining, and what that looks like is um, kind of like uh, if-only questions. You know, if only I could have done th- this differently, or if only we would have changed this, you know, that's sort of like, if I could have had more control, um, you know, maybe the outcome would have been different, or if I would have made different choices, maybe I wouldn't be experiencing this loss now, or this person wouldn't be gone now. Um, And then the fourth stage that they identified um, was depression, and that's just, really just a sadness over the loss. Um, The fifth stage um, that they identified is acceptance, and and then of course the sixth stage that David Kessler added was was meaning making, and you know in in the book that he wrote about meaning making he is very adamant about saying that this isn't something that happens quickly, um, that when we ask when we're talking about finding purpose in the suffering and purpose in the pain like we know that the Bible says that God works together all things for good that those who love Him. Um, and are called according to His purposes. We know that the Bible is full of stories of um, promise and purpose that has come out of suffering. Jesus Himself, uh, you know, is um, obviously the, the biggest story that comes to mind in terms of suffering and pain that brought about um, our story of redemption and, um, and saving us. So. Um, there is purpose that can come from suffering, but we don't, that, we, that's not seen right away. And that's, that's a process that um, you know, takes time to get to. And you know, he talks a lot about in his book that the, the stages are, they're descriptive, they're not prescriptive. When you're in grief, you're not you know, checking the boxes of, have I hit this stage, you know, when can I get to this stage? Or um, they're, they're more of just a scaffolding that can kind of give us some structure and things to look for. And in a large way, it's to normalize the experience. You know, When you're in that stage, let's say, of bargaining, you know that well. This is a stage. Okay, I'm normal. I'm not crazy. Like this happens, and so they're really there to sort of comfort us through the process and to to be mindful of. But it's not something that you want to have to move through so quickly. Um, you know, because oftentimes people will tend to try to identify purpose or try to attach meaning, um, kind of as a way to bypass even the pain and try to move to it through grief too quickly. Um, You know, again, to move through something, we have to feel it and really feel the full extent of it. And um, you know, this process of healing, it's not about avoiding the pain necessarily, but David Kessler talks about how we can grieve and go through pain, but we don't have to suffer in our pain. And, and that's where some of the, the, the practices that we've talked about, turning to God, remembering who He is, remembering His character, um, remembering His promises, and leaning into community and relationships that can help us remember and bring those things to mind are these, these practices that can help us to not stay suffering while we're still in grief. Um, And one thing I wanted to just read, because I thought it was so kind of on point to what we've been talking about in terms of this intention and and intentional practices and willfully choosing um, the journey of healing um, is this, it's a Bible study. It was an online Bible study um, by Ann Voskamp who wrote 1,000 Gifts. And this particular study is called Trust is the bridge to joy, which is what we're talking about. These things that can bridge us into this place of joy and hope when we're in grief. It it, um, it says in the middle, it's, it's written by actually um, someone on her staff. It's not written by Ann Voskamp, but it's written by Lori McClure. And she writes, In the middle of the night, I step on a wayward thimble and accidentally kick the bedpost. I end up on the floor next to that now warped piece of metal, surprised by pain. Surprised by pain. When I crawl back into bed, those words follow me and I present them to the Lord as a question and a groan. Surprised by pain. How can I continue to give you all of myself when you see what's coming and yet will allow it to roll over me knowing the pain that is its partner? Anxiety attacks stealing my wind, like swallowing barbed wire and fire, a machete to my midnight mind. It's hard to trust that the walls won't come crashing down around you when they have come crashing down before. It's hard to believe that the other shoe won't drop when there have been raging storms of shoe after shoe after shoe. It's hard to look forward and hope when hope has been ground into gravel. The inner pain is so intense that it should cause bruises, soul bruises, I guess. Trust is holy effort strenuous and momentous and vital to the spirit. In the darkest hour, trust stretches out and relaxes in a sacred embrace. I trust that he is good and breathe out worry. I trust that he is here and I breathe in the presence. Trust that he will save and breathe out exhaustion. Trust is work, hard work. Jesus says it's our primary task, that we believe in the one whom God has sent. I choose him again. Crash or no crash, shoe or no no shoe, gravel or no gravel. Thank him for all the small things and his long history of saving and keeping and rescuing and loving and providing and comforting and promising. And find joy bubbling up as a second sweeter surprise. Isn't joy worth the effort of trust? He loves me and he loves you. He knows the hurt of the past. He knows the pain of today. And yes, he knows the suffering to come, but he promises to be there to bring good out of it. And that's why we can be grateful in the middle of it. That, why we can, that That's why we can testify what we know to be true in Thanksgiving, even when we cannot see it yet. These are the stories I will continue to tell my children, the stories of his faithfulness, the stories of wrestling and struggle and hope and joy, and his presence in the midst of it all. All these moments are for you. They are gifts for you. Trust that they are good and that he is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, it says in Psalm 40. I hold the little piece of bent metal as I relax and slip back to sleep, remembering he is mine and I am his. Pain won't last. Joy can be found now and it will be eternal. Thank God. This stood out to me as she talks about trust is holy effort. There's tension there. In choosing to turn towards God and to trust to practice these beliefs and to trust that he is good is a practice it has to be repeated we have to remember his faithfulness and his goodness and the willful choice the mindful choice to choose him and his promises over and over again good.
0: as we start to kind of wind down wrap up our evening I want to give you an opportunity. So enjoyed everything you've had to say and share with us, and um, we knew it was going to be great to have you. Just any kind of final thoughts or words you want to leave with the folks that have joined us this evening, we'd love to just hear that. And um, uh, again, uh, Jen's available. Uh, we work with Jen all the time. would love to get you connected with her, um, and uh, especially if, if she's spoke to you tonight, if you are in a place where... Uh, you're trying to move through this, but you feel stuck or you feel alone. Uh, Tommy and I'd love to talk with you and get you connected. Um, but, but Jen, I just want to give you the, the opportunity just to you know share what's on your heart here towards the end of, of the evening.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think just to reiterate um, that you there was a step taken towards healing even even now as you're watching this video. Um, from home and to recognize that that was a mindful choice into maybe a a hard thing, that it opened opened you up to emotions that are hard. Um, But again, just taking the steps of courage with God's help to do that is what's moving you through the healing process. and, And reiterating what Tommy said, and that is that we bear witness to your pain, and and we see you, and um, and it, it you know it is my prayer that that something that was said here tonight is moving you further along in that process of healing and helping you to grow in your trust and, and helping to bridge you into that place of feeling hopeful. Um,
1: yeah, I, I just had a couple of final thoughts here. Um, one is, uh, you know, it, and again, thank you so much, uh, Jen. You know, you're just such a wonderful partner, and we love uh, working and serving with you. Um, you know, there, there's there's so many um, uh, uh, Christ-centered solutions, and, and, and you are one of them, and, and so I'm just thankful for your partnership. And oftentimes in care ministry, we, we use acrostics, and so one we put together for this particular situation is the acrostic hope. And so one is to know that uh, H is just... That help is available. Healing is available. We we love you, and and more importantly, you have a wonderful Father in heaven who who uh, who loves you. And so, just to take that moment and just focus on healing. Uh, the second one is to open God's word daily. Uh, you know, Tom. I know one thing that um, that you you've helped me realize um, uh, is uh, often part of our healing um, in in. In, in care ministry, is is the importance of knowing like how desperately we need that healing, and so we can clearly see that in, in scripture, whether it be Romans ten, Romans three twenty three, um, uh, or in then you know how, how Christ was sent to die for us in John three sixteen, um, but just understand that, that the scripture is reliable, uh, it is sufficient, uh, it is enough, um, and that God you know when we look at when we look at uh, you know what how God's been described in the Bible all throughout the Bible. Um, You know, he's our fortress, our counselor, our prince of peace, our king. Um, The the next one is uh, P for plan ahead. And so, you know, focus on your short-term goals. You know, just like Jen talked about. Just, you know, focus on, you know, hygiene, you know, uh, eating a balanced meal, getting sleep. Um, Avoid large changes right away. You know, don't feel like you have to make those major decisions right now. You know, holidays are coming up. Maybe part of that is communicating early and communicating often and managing expectations. Uh, Journaling. Calendar management. You know, put make sure you have margin. Give yourself time to grieve, and, and get and, and, and don't uh, feel like you have to get caught up in the busyness of life. And then the last thing is just evaluate and refine your plan. Uh, so the E, evaluate and, and refine. You know, what is my next step? What 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 can I do now? And we talked a lot about a lot of different options. You know, whether it be a care group community, uh, maybe it's grief share. Maybe maybe you're being called. You know, uh, uh, maybe it's been a while and you're being called to. Um, Uh, to to lead folks uh, uh, through their grief Uh, but understand the the importance of like as we as we wrap up I I just want to you know really emphasize this idea of community you know in in the Bible we see some of these you know some of these scripture about one another pray accept restore share burdens serve forgive teach encourage spur on listen to one another I heard pastor say a long time ago I, I was reminded it's hard to one another when you're alone OK, and so we want to let you know that you are not alone. You, you know, you have a wonderful father in heaven who loves you. Um, and you have a wonderful church family who's right here to serve you. Um, and so we are here to help. Uh, God is here. God is now. Uh, we are here to serve you. We are here to point you to, to healing and to, and to Christ-centered healing. And so uh, in this moment, you know, the, the one thing we want to do together, we want to do as a church family, we, we want to take this moment. Uh, if you have a candle and a lighter, uh, I, I just want to let you know that uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to have a moment uh, of lighting a candle and, uh, and uh, as, as, we, as, as you prepare for that I just kind of want to talk over that a little bit, uh, you know, why we light a candle and the, and the symbolism behind that. And So, again, we want to do this together. We want to do this uh, with you in your living room, at your home, uh, as a family. And so, uh, one of the things about candles is that it's just beautiful. Uh, especially like this time of year, and and you know our our, our teaching pastor George Rosh, I love the guy. He uh, he he made a comment about the the beauty of of Christmas lights around Christmas, and in his particular situation, he had eye surgery, and he goes, it was even more beautiful. So uh, <laughs> it was just a wonderful you know reminder of how much how how beautiful that is. Uh, we're also reminded. Uh, uh, this is a good symbol of our, of our loved one, and it's a visible symbol. It's easily seen. And, and, and when you have a light, a candle, it radiates all throughout the house, just, just as like your loved one did at one time. And uh, so it's just a beautiful reminder of that. But it's also a reminder that, uh, that th- the brevity of life and, and that this light can easily be blown out, and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We, we don't know what tonight's going to look like. Um, and often, when, when candles are blown out, it's by the wind, and we can't even see that, so we don't know when it's coming. And so it's just a it's just a reminder of that. And then lastly, it's a reminder of our salvation, our conviction, our our our, uh, our, our being Christ-centered followers. And 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 you know, we look at Matthew 5:13 and being the salt and the light of the world. You know, you, when you have a, a, a candle and, and a flame, you don't you don't put it on a on the floor. You don't put stuff on top of it. You put it up high, away from things. And so one so for safety but two to, to spread the light and and that's what we're called to do and so you know I, I I know that that there's definitely been a lot of hurt and we've talked a lot about that uh, I just want to kind of close with a few final thoughts uh, before we wrap up in prayer uh, you know I, I was reminded of a quote uh, George Mueller uh, just a uh, he did some wonderful work. He founded some schools, some missionary uh, orphanages in England. And uh, just he just has a wonderful testimony. And a quote he had, uh, I read, it says, May God help us so to live as to bring praise, honor, and glory to His name while life is continued to us. Like So we have life continued to us right now. And may we give God glory and may we, may we honor Him with the time we have and the opportunities we have still here on earth. Um, Charles Spurgeon, another great theologian, uh, you know, he has a quote, and I, I love this quote, life is short, eternity is long. It's only reasonable that this life be lived in light of eternity. And so just a- as we keep things in perspective and that important. So, um, so I, ho- I hope you have your candle. Uh, and, and at this moment, uh, we're, we're going uh, to turn it over to prayer and uh and, and we, we just want to remind you that the that prayer is primary that, that that's that that's the first thing we can do when we want to care for people is turn to prayer and and to understand the importance of prayer so um at this moment we want to take a a pause and and, and we just want to give you an opportunity to pray and so maybe um you know uh First of all, we just want to say we 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 hope and pray that that this has been a wonderful moment for you, that this has been a blessing to you. We pray that this is bring that this brings hope to you and your family. Uh, we we pray that you know uh, Jesus Christ and you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. Uh, and and we and, and again, uh, we we want to pray for you and and that God provide you the comfort and the peace that can only be found in Him. So, you now this moment as as we get to go to this moment of silence of prayer. Uh, I want to encourage you to pray uh, to God. And and maybe your prayer is is for God to provide you peace and comfort. Maybe maybe your prayer is for God to provide you margin. Maybe maybe your prayer is for God to provide you community or discernment. Uh, Maybe maybe you need to pray for God for an opportunity or to help Him guide you to serve others in their grief.
0: uh, the folks uh, tuning in, watching, joining with us were able to, uh, whether they lit a candle or not, to just raise their voices and their hearts to God. Um, I'm thinking now, you know, we named this evening Night of Remembrance and it is a night of remembrance to remember your loved one, um, to remember the joy and the good times, um, but also to remember the loss and I think has been shared by Jen and, and you, Tommy, that to do that as a community. And so I just want to tell you that we're honored, uh, our church is honored, that you would let us into your home, into your grief, into your healing process. I want to I can't say enough times thank you to Tommy and Jen, and uh, I know I've learned tonight and I've been reminded of a lot tonight. Um, and we do want to continue. We don't, we don't want this to be uh, an event Uh, in the way that we might normally describe an event. And a lot of times when we call something an event, uh, that means it's sort of one and done, and there's no follow-up. And I want you to know that we know that this is a journey, that this is a process, that we want to continue to come uh, beside you, uh, whether that's literally or figuratively, and help you walk through this process. So I know Tommy's gonna add some some opportunities and some places uh, online that you can go and things at the end of this video. Uh, Please uh, reach out to us, call us, email us. Um, uh, We'll connect you with Jen, we'll connect you uh, with whatever you need. Um, But if you would, as we started, please uh, join with me as we end in prayer this evening. Heavenly Father, just so grateful that that you care uh, about our grief, that you care about our loss, that you want to comfort us, that you want to walk beside us. Lord, that you give us friends, family, clinicians, pastors, church family uh, to walk alongside us. Help us to uh, make those intentional choices for healing. Lord, I've been reminded several times in the last few weeks that um, it's your power in and through us that allows us to do what we can't do for ourselves. Um, and that there's a lot of things, but tonight as we um, think of mourning and even celebrating, um, maybe I'm having trouble mourning, maybe I'm having trouble celebrating, or maybe I'm having trouble, maybe I just feel frozen. And so Lord, I just pray that, uh, that uh, everyone listening, that we would all open our hearts and our lives to you and allow you to transform us from the inside out. Um, I'm so glad, Lord, that uh, Jen was here and Tommy and that they shared with us, um, Lord, the importance of um, knowing that eventually I'm going to move into a place of meaning, that it is going to be a process, that it is going to take time, but wow, to even know that's possible. And with you, all things are possible. So, Lord, thank you um, uh, it's hard sometimes to say thank you for mourning. It's hard sometimes to even say thank you for events such as these because our hearts wish this wasn't necessary. But, Lord, we worship you uh, in the, on the mountains and in the valleys. And, um, Lord, for those in the valley, Lord, I just pray that they would worship you, that they would know you even better. Um, and thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be with them. We ask and we say all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.